Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank you. I'll leave this one to you guys. Can you guys come up more like by me? Like come by me? You come up more by me? Yeah, thanks. Be with me. Yeah, that's great, thanks. All right, thanks Donnie. Donnie's gonna play for us as we do this today. Donnie has faithfully served this body with his talents for many, many years. Can we just honor Donnie for a moment? Thank you, Donnie. He could be doing this anywhere and he wants to be here with us. We're, we're rich for that as well. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little story. Recently, there's a phrase that came about in our environment. And the phrase is that the wine is in the cluster. And it came out, Dan, I believe, was preparing a message and read this line in a book that was like 16, 17 years old. And um, that very same week, Lindy was with the group of intercessors praying, and I believe it was Darlene read it um, or you know, spoke it during the prayer time and said, the wine is in the cluster. And a few days, so this was separate events, them not knowing, a few days later, Lindy was at the pre-service staff meeting and she brought it up. She said, I feel like there's something on this line. The wine is in the cluster. And Dan's like, I read that in a book days ago, this, you know, this very same week. And so it's just stuck with me and it's, it's been something we've been chewing on. And, you know, I just really feel that one grape cannot make wine. One grape alone cannot make wine. And this phrase, the wine is in the cluster, it feels like being invited into something amazing to discover. You know that verse that talks about it's God's glory to conceal a matter and it's our glory, the glory of kings to search out a matter. I feel like he has hid some treasure in this statement. And if we really go after it, we may just strike some golden glory. So when I started preparing for today, I kept hearing that phrase, the wine is in the cluster, the wine is in the cluster. And I also kept hearing this prophetic song that Dara sang back when we were in the tent and we were singing it back and forth over each other as a body and it went, your king is my king and my king is your king. We're better together. Your king is my king and my king is your king. We're better together. The wine is in the cluster. And I felt like God said, let the message today be a living display of the wine is in the cluster and that you all are truly better together. And then I saw these beautiful people in my head lining the stage as a living cluster and they're carrying rich fruit in their lives. And I pray as they share what's in them and I pray as Donnie just plays heaven into our hearts that it all combines to be a rich wine. And today we taste and see and experience the goodness of God together. And I pray that we can taste and see and experience a glimpse of his bride. And I pray that we all walk away a little bit drunk by what he collectively squeezes out of all of us. 
So this morning, right now from just the jump, I bless you, I bless you to see the rich fruit that God has put in the people around you. And I pray that together as a body, as like the big C church, we would cluster tighter than ever before and that there would be a grace for us to live united. We are a kingdom undivided, a kingdom undivided and that the world from this place would be served the finest wine that they've been longing to taste and experience. So I've asked each of these women to take moments throughout the message, a few minutes, to share what God has been stirring in them. So it doesn't have to be congruent exactly with what I'm sharing, and it's really more than okay. I really just believe that what is released in each of them will be exactly the right ingredient for the wine that God is serving up today. So let's just jump in with one of them. Winkia, you wanna start? Just share what God's been stirring in you. What's in you? You could stand, sit, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, well, I, I, I'm just gonna release what I feel God has uh, shared with me. And uh, he's just been showing me pictures of joy and wonder. So over our family, I release joy and wonder. Father, awaken childlike sense of expectation. Let us stand on our tippy toes yeah. and seek after the Father. At every turn, let us gasp with surprise. With yeah. this wine, let us be drunk with the joy that is strength. I release joy, the strength of the cluster. We've come together in the pressing. We've come together in the crushing. And unified, we new wine <laughs> this joy will flow from heaven yeah run through our hearts sweep over our fields and drench the city father will you come now come and fill us with joy lift the city off its feet yeah come on. run through our hearts Lord Jesus transform communities and save the nation testify and say do it again God do it again. Yeah, so good. You hold on to it and we'll pass it on. Thanks, Winkia. Mm. Winkia is such a queen in our environment. I just tell her uh, whenever she's on stage worshiping with us, it doesn't even so much matter what comes out of her mouth. It more just matters that she's there. Because when she just takes her place, you can just feel it, this queenly authority. We all have that, that's within all of us. But if you want a living example of being a queen, a king walking the earth, you just watch Winkia's life. I really believe it. All right, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. Matthew 5, 9. So on Sunday, May 22nd, I had the privilege with Dara and Mike Edwards to bring the message. And I felt like God really did something special that day. It felt alive and it felt like he did something beyond our words. And if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go watch it on um, our YouTube channel. And that morning we talked about living with unreasonable levels of faith, unreasonable hope and unreasonable love. And I felt like God told me today to pick up where we left off with unreasonable love. And then he told me, Vanessa, let your love grow so unreasonable that it leads to peacemaking. Let your love grow so unreasonable that it leads to peacemaking. Peacemaking is different than just peacekeeping. Peacekeeping leaves room for quiet division. Dara told me these words recently, quiet division. 
And when she said it, it was like my spirit rose up and it wanted to scream through Jesus. Even the quiet division is gonna see its final days. In our lifetime, even the quiet division will have its final days. Peacekeeping allows the standard to stay the same or sometimes even be lowered because false peace or false comfort is valued more than truth. So sometimes establishing true, re, true, true peace requires that iron sharpening iron part of our faith walk. And I think we sometimes think of peacemaking as like going in the flow of the river, like going with the flow, I'm going with the flow downstream when it actually sometimes looks more like swimming up the stream, creating a new, a new path, showing up in humble love that silences the lies. Love restores the standard. Let your love grow so unreasonable that it leads to peacemaking. Making peace actually destroys chaos in the works of division. I feel like God told me, Vanessa, peace is a third of my kingdom. So making peace is actually a very important part of bringing heaven to earth. Matthew 5, 43 through 48 says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect. He said it, not me. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Matthew 5, 9 and this verse, Matthew 5, 44 through 45, they both speak to characteristics of children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called sons and daughters of God. I tell you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that they may be the children of the Father in heaven. This is the standard. This is the only option for how we are to live. This is what sets us apart. Let your love grow so unreasonable that it leads to peacemaking. So peacemaking is a radical act of unreasonable love. We move towards each other, even when everything in our human nature tells us not to. But guess what? We don't let our human nature govern us because we are new creations. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. What God has called us to will look completely contradictory to the way of the world sometimes. And that's okay, it should look different. God has called us to have unreasonable love towards the world. He wants us to be peacemakers all throughout the earth. And so I was getting so excited preparing this message and I was dreaming with God around making peace in the earth. And I was having these like, yeah, let's do it. Let's take over the world. What's our plan? I was having these like major like charge vibes. And while I was having these charge vibes, I felt like he said, first make peace in my bride. Be an active force of unreasonable love in my church. And then I felt like he said, unity in the church will be a living revelation to the world. Unity in the church will be a living revelation to the world. And I also felt like he said, unity in the church will be a healing oil for many who have experienced church wounds. There's a lot of people out there with church wounds. Unity in the church will be a healing oil for many who have experienced church wounds. 
peace in my bride and a body displaying love for itself will be the sound that calls the wounded kids back home. We have to represent in the church what we want to influence in the earth. The wine is in the cluster. June, what you got? June Ann, bring it, bring it. Um, I'll stand. Yeah, June, stand um, up. Tell us what you got in you. Come on. Uh, I feel like I have a couple things. Um, I feel like the Lord has been stirring in me um, just trust um, and a, a deeper capacity to trust beyond what I can see. Um, and I feel like the Lord wants to stir that um, in some of you guys today. Um, and then I also feel like... <sighs> So actually, I just want to pray for that first. Um, if you feel like your trust meter is low, or maybe even your faith, uh, your faith jar is is maybe a small and you needed a venti, you know? <laughs> you, know you, need a, you need a venti sized faith jar to believe for what uh, you need to believe for in this season. Um, can, uh, you can stand and I just want to release that exceeding trust, exceeding faith, more, more. So Father, we just say more. We say more faith, more trust, expand our wells, deepen our wells, open up the windows of heaven and pour out, pour out this faith into our jars, into these containers, into your people. We say trust is simple, it's not hard because we trust you and we trust what your word says. So we say, expand our trust in Jesus' name. Yeah. And then also, I know, um, I, I'm gonna do a little testimony. Do it, Jens. Do it. Hot off the press. Uh, um, about uh, in March, <laughs> in March, I got some real, I got a real bad diagnosis. Um, it wasn't that bad, but I got a bad diagnosis from the doctor and the doctor said pretty much, uh, you know, you're really sick. And then I went to another doctor the same week and that other doctor said, yeah, you got some other stuff going on with you. And he's, you know, it's really bad. Um, and I was really down and I was, I was, I was believing what I could see. Right. I was believing what I could see in those moments. And I think Dara came over to me one day at school of ministry. <laughs> and she just, you know, just said, hey, I, I don't like this sad frown on your face. So I'm just going to sit over here and be with you. And she sat with me. She prayed a couple times. But she just sat with me that whole worship service. And I just felt um, my faith my trust in what the Lord said rise up and I knew so that it was gonna it was gonna be me partnering with him not just God doing it but like hey you got to take this medicine hey you got to go you know do some workouts Jesus. hey you got to go you know you got to drink water that sprite is not it and so I was like okay God I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust that if, if this is what you said that I'm gonna be healed and on Friday I went and got my blood work done and I am about 0.4 or 0.3 away from being completely healed of this. Wow. And 
Um, the number three is completion. It's, it's the God, number three is the Godhead. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, even though I'm not there, that he's gonna complete it. So I feel like there's some people who got a little bit of healing, but they need the complete healing. They need it completely cleaned out. So if you need a complete healing that you've been waiting for and praying for something to happen, and it's it's been 80%, 90%, we want that 95, we want that 100, right, Mary? And we want them to do it again a second time. So we, not only do we want the healing, but we want to be the testimony of a healing for someone else. So if you need a 100% healing, stand up. If you have a family member that needs a 100% healing, stand up. And if you know someone and you know you want to be that testimony, you stand up. <laughs> so God, we just thank you for complete healing. Yeah, complete, yeah. complete healing. Clean it out. Change it out, Lord God. Lord, we say new God, I see, I see new uteruses. Come on. I see... I see new uteruses. I see new blood. I see, I see a blood transfusion from heaven. We're just going to clean out all of these bloods, Lord God. I see new, new intestines, ah, new hearts, supernatural new hearts. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. I see a metal disappearing, new bone. Yeah, yeah, just clean it out. Come on. Clean it out, Jesus. Clear it out, 100%. We are complete in you, and we will live that testimony, and that will bring others to you. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, June. So good. Come on, June. So he's been telling me this a lot lately. He said, Vanessa, I love my church, and I will have my bride. And I've been walking around and I've been saying it back. I've been declaring it into the earth. He will have his bride. And it feels like a declaration of war while already knowing how the war ends. It feels like I'm plundering hell when I say it. It feels weighty in a good way. It feels true because it is. He will have his bride. He will have his bride. Revelation 19.7, let's rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him because the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. His bride's preparing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we really have to radically actively oppose division right now. In our culture here at Bethel Atlanta, we are really good at using kingdom principles to combat whatever doesn't look like heaven on the earth. So just as when we choose to be radically generous to combat the spirit of poverty or lack, or we go after praying for healings when there's been loss or death, I feel like we have to grab onto the same tenacity that we here at Bethel Atlanta, we intentionally cluster tighter. We run closer to each other. We run hard after each other when the spirit of division raises its head. John 17, 20 through 23. Jen said this morning in our pre-service um, prayer meeting, the Trinity was the original cluster. I feel like this, this verse points to that. I'm not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me I have also given to them so that they may be one, 
He tells us that the glory that was given to him, the original, the OG cluster, it was also given to us. We have the glory we need. We have the grace we need that we may be one, just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and you love them just as you love me. I think a part of radically opposing division and intentionally clustering is turning up our grace levels for people who are not where we are yet. Yeah. So over the past few years, God has really opened my eyes and stirred my heart like never before to the tragedy and injustice of racism and how it really breaks his heart and how um, reconciliation, restoration, redemption is what he is up to here. And his kindness led me to repentance. Repentance, you know, we say is changing the way we can think, changing the way we see about this matters in ways that I could never see before. And his kindness clustered me to friendships that were safe and would help reveal my personal blind spots. So about a month ago, I saw an incredible Christian friend make a comment probably online, we should just all stay off the line. Not really, I just, you know, uh, it just does things anyways. Um, and you know, the comment just felt full of many blind spots and I got frustrated and I felt angry and I felt defeated and I totally felt judgmental. And I remember thinking to myself, how will we ever reconcile this in the earth if Christians can't even get it right? And again, right, I was like making myself right in that moment. Um, instantly, I had a memory pop up into my mind from about three or four years ago when Zaina, she's one of our worship leaders who leads here often, she's a beautiful young black woman. She bravely and humbly came to me and she shared with me in real time a scenario where she felt that she had just not been welcomed into an establishment for her color, for the color of her, sin, of her skin. And the scene replayed in my mind so clearly of me dismissing her and dismissing the situation. It had to be something else. Are you sure? They're so snobby when I bring my kids in there too. I'm sure they were just being like hoity-toity. That's just kind of their vibe. Are you sure? And my heart was to make it feel better, but I'm sure now that it just made her feel like I wasn't truly listening. And she probably felt a little hopeless and unseen. And instantly after the memory of this conversation replayed in my head, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you don't even know how many years and how many people and how many instances others have had grace for you when you couldn't even see it. You have no idea how much unreasonable love and grace Zaina and others have constantly extended to you when you did or didn't deserve it. And not only that, Zayna remained close. She remained a friend. She showed up vulnerable again and again. She kept telling the truth in love. And I felt like he said, can you not extend that same grace while your fellow brothers and sisters are still growing? Vanessa, I still see all of your remaining blind spots. And daily, I have new mercies for you. Daily, I'm giving you the grace to renew your mind in the spirit so that you can become exactly like me. Vanessa, I may even call you to extend that grace I've given you to see as far as you can see so that you can humbly help the person in front of you expand their sight. Can you please change your heart here for me? 
T.D. Jakes has said, we have a tendency to want the other person to be a finished product while we give ourselves the grace to evolve. We have the tendency to want the other person to be a finished product while we give ourselves the grace to evolve. We're all in a process. As Steve has championed here as a life message, he says, we're all on a journey to our proper identity. And being mad at people who don't fully see yet doesn't get them there any faster. And being angry when they don't see like you certainly isn't enticing for them to try to see it your way. And it's actually been scientifically proven that when someone argues, you're more likely to wanna dig into your brain a deeper path of how you already think. So logic answers reasons, they aren't how God ever changed a heart or mind. It's his kindness. It's his grace that opens our eyes. And I felt like he said recently, if I showed myself to the world right now, everyone, no one, no one would be free of this. Everyone would simultaneously, very keenly be aware of two things. One, my perfect love. And two, that each of us is missing it somewhere. We don't have the full picture alone. We're better together. We're better together. Laura, what you got? Come on, Laura. Um, well, I feel like we just need to take a little sip of what Winkia poured out before I say what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so just imagine it in a cup or a bucket or a bowl or raining down from the sky. And just let's just drink in that joy and wonder mm. before I say my hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have found that when you talk about hard things, it's a little hopeful when, when you got some joy in there to give That's you good. some strength. That's really good. Um, okay, did you drink? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so when I asked the Lord this morning, uh, what wine do you want to pour out, God? <clears throat> I didn't really like what I heard. Um, I'm like, I don't know that I want to drink that wine, but okay. I feel like that there's a grace for acceptance, um, especially if you're in a season of hard. Um, and when Vanessa was talking about being a peacemaker, I think it's really hard to make peace outside when I don't have peace inside. And I think a lot of times in, in hard seasons, holding the tension, um, it's hard to find your peace, right? And I realize that acceptance and agreement are not the same thing. And I actually can't accept my hard season when I'm offended by it. Um, I told you, just joy and wonder. We might need some more wine after this, Dara. <laughs> um, but I feel like that in your hard season, that there's a grace to get to a measure of peace within yourself and a measure of acceptance to navigate that tension of that it may not look like what it's supposed to and that I'm not giving up on it looking like it's supposed to, but I'm coming to a place of peace where I accept my portion that's in front of me. The same way, if it was hard for Jesus in the garden, yeah. it's okay that it's hard for us because he actually paved a way for us to walk in his glory of the blood, sweat, and tears where he got to the place of like, okay, if this is what you want, fine. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, joy and wonder. <laughs> so, Father, in our seasons of hard, would you give us your supernatural grace and mercy for acceptance? Holy Spirit, I release peace within ourselves to be in our portion, to hold the tension of the discrepancy between here and what it should be, and to be at peace with it, God. Would you bring peace within us so that as we go out, peace just follows us and oozes out of us? Yeah, so good. Thank you. Lauren recently told me that someone told her that you marry a person who is wired to expose what needs to grow in you. It's actually a gift. What an opportunity. Not only has he wired us to need each other, we have to see that he has wired us to benefit from each other. We're better together. God may intentionally tell us to cluster tight to people that we don't wanna be that close to, or we don't always feel like it makes sense to us but guess what? God doesn't have to make sense to us. We just have to obey. I was at lunch with an old friend and she showed up wearing a t-shirt that had a very blunt political statement across the front. And as the server approached our table, I realized I felt nervous and I wasn't really nervous about what interactions that this would bring about. I knew my friend was loving and I knew the server lives on the earth and they've seen statements like this before. I was more nervous about how her t-shirt would make the waiter feel towards me. I was sure he would sum up all of who I am from a t-shirt that wasn't on my body. <laughs> I literally felt that way. I was like, well, this is, this is how they think of me. And I wrestled with the idea that he wouldn't get an opportunity to know all of the nuanced feelings or thoughts I had about the statement on the t-shirt. And more than that, that he didn't get to know my heart and that how I really truly equally wanted my friend to feel safe and loved and seen. And I really wanted him as a total stranger in my presence to feel that same safety and love. And I, could, and I just kept feeling like if he didn't know all my thoughts and feelings, would he be able to feel that way? And I realized that whether I fully agreed partially agreed or completely disagreed with my friend and her t-shirt, I felt guilty by association. I felt misunderstood by association. So a few minutes into the lunch, I realized like I could literally spend the rest of my time monologuing to the waiter <laughs> every time he came over to our table, or I could just be present with my old friend that I came to catch up with. So her t-shirt never once came up in the conversation. And after I left the lunch, I wrestled even more with this in the car ride on the way home. And I felt like God said, neither your friend or the waiter ever needed to know your thoughts about the t-shirt to feel the weight of my love. Because my love that is inside of you is far bigger than the thoughts or opinions that anyone has. Vanessa, when you show up, I show up with you and people always, benefit from knowing and experiencing my presence. They sometimes benefit from knowing your thoughts and opinions. <laughs> they always benefit from knowing and experiencing my presence. They sometimes benefit from knowing your thoughts and opinions. 
And Vanessa, when I walk the earth, my identity never had to do who I was associated with or their thoughts or opinions. And that truth needs to extend to you and to how you view others. The body is going to have to actively stop the habit of having a fear of certain associations. The body of Christ is going to have to actively, we're gonna have to like work against this one, having a fear of certain associations. Lindy? So uh, when Vanessa asked us to do this, um, I immediately thought of a dream I had about a year or so ago. And in this dream, I was standing on a seashore and this huge cliff was right here. And there was Jesus like a lion, a hologram, multicolored. And I stepped into him and immediately I started flying. And as I was flying in one hand, I had these branches of holly. Holly branch had the berries, the red berries and the thorns representing the blood of Jesus and the thorn like his crown. And in the other hand, this eagle came and landed on my finger. I said, man, that's heavy eagle. I'm, this is amazing. The eagle was pointing at the vision. And then the, season, the uh, scene shifted and the eagle was in my hand. So I'm flying along with this eagle with the vision in my hand. And what happened about a week or so ago, I listened to Bill's sermon after Benny went to heaven. And um, he talked about how Lou Engle came to visit the home. And Lou Engle said, there is going to be a massive communion revival. And immediately I thought about this dream. I said, oh my goodness, this is what we're carrying. This is what you as sons and daughters of God are carrying the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, the power of his blood, the power of his body, the power of salvation, of deliverance, of healing the sick. This is what we, as we're in, in Christ, are carrying. And in the other hand, the vision, this vision of the wine is in the cluster. The vision of this communion revival is in our hand. We're not pointing to it anymore. It's in our hand. And, I, and then at the end of this Bill sermon, he said, we're called to be champions of revival. I'm not called to, I'll pray a little bit for revival. I'll, I'll pray in the front you know, line maybe once every six weeks. I'm not called to be an onlooker or wisher for. I'm called to be a champion. You are called to be champions of revival. And as she's talking about this cluster and how powerful it is, you know, Michael Maiden talked about revival. He said there was gonna be a 200 foot flame out there of the glory of God where people come from all over the world to experience the glory and take it back. We've had so many prophetic words, but here I am with my torch and it's kind of dull. So how am I gonna get this torch on fire for God? How else can I keep it burning so on fire? It's because I'm right here. <laughs> My torch is with June Ann's, with Kimberly's, with Vanessa's, and all of a sudden we are burning blazes. We can't, we can hardly hold our torches for our hands burning where we're rushing to that field as a cluster, putting the fire together, the fire of God, the vision of heaven, a communion, a revival, so a massive revival that touches the world. And this is our calling as so a cluster. Good. So good, Lindy. Thank you. I always get a little excited when stuff feels impossible because it makes me think this is where our God moves. He is the God of the impossible. So on the earth right now, we have a lot to get excited about because what are we about to see him do in our lifetime? And in the church, when God says, may there be no division among you, 
and this seems impossible. When I actually look into his eyes, this seems highly probable. Having no division among you, um, that's you know from 1 Corinthians 1.10, that, that what he speaks of, it will seem impossible if we fight it from any realm other than where we are seated. And we are seated in heavenly places. Kim, what you got? So I just was hearing two things. Um, so the first thing I want to say is to the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And so the phrase, everything will be okay. If anyone who's gone through second year, you've heard me say it, that everything will be okay. So, um, and I'm not just saying it like, oh, everything's going to be okay, but it really is going to be okay. So in uh, 2013, we were going through a major life transition with ministry stuff, leaving from a ministry, just figuring out life, like what do we believe, where are we going to be connected to, and all the things. And a part of me was afraid because sometimes when you're leaving a thing, you can get cut off from it, you know? And so I'm like, I don't have community, I'm not going to have, and all, all this not going to have was rolling through my mind. And I was at a stoplight, and it, even to the point to where I even thought I wasn't going to be able to hear his voice because I wasn't under a certain uh, leader. And so I was at a stoplight, and I just heard the voice of the Lord say, turn around. And so I did. And there's this huge billboard about the size of the screens on the side. And it's over in Dunwoody off of um, the same road that um, Perimeter Mall is on. There's a billboard, and it says, everything will be okay. And I was like, oh. Really? Okay. Yes. And then the, the light turned green and I just felt like I literally had a green light to go forward, understanding that everything would be okay. And then from that moment on for the next week or so, I was seeing like signs on trucks, just signs everywhere of the Lord just speaking to me and let me know that he is real and that he speaks to me because he's connected to me, not because of who I'm connected to, but because he's connected to so me. So good. Amen. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to share with you all is a beautiful memory that, or a defining moment rather, that I had in second year. Um, so yeah, so if you guys, Bassam is all the rave, okay? Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so I was in second year and really not showing up, just still trying to figure out who I was, you know? And the person that was sharing with us was like, you need to show up in life. I'm like, what? not showing up, you know, even though I knew I wasn't, but for her to call me out, I'm like, dang, she just called me out. <laughs> so um, I was like, okay, what does that even look like? Um, but I just want to encourage everyone in here to be present. Um, a lot of times we're in a place where we just don't love the season that we're in, you know, but God is with you in that season. You're not alone. You have community here that is with you. And um, while you're present, God can do some amazing things like, you know, he'll bring things back to your remembrance. And so I just want to encourage everyone in here just to um, be present in their situation and knowing that um, the latter shall be greater. So even though what it looks like right now, holding on to the truth that your latter shall be greater. So no matter what it looks like today, just hold on tight to those truths that yeah. the latter shall be greater. So good. So God, I just thank you for us just holding on to your truths, Lord God.
I thank you, Father, that we are encouraged to be a light amongst darkness, Lord. I thank you that where there is light, darkness is dismissed, Lord God. And so, God, we just thank you for the courage, Lord, to show up and be present, Lord, and to be exactly who you've called us to be in this season. Even though we may have things going on, things don't have to be perfect in order for us to show up, God. So we thank you, Father, that even in our imperfections, we understand that you are perfect, Lord God. And we thank you for your perfect will, Lord God. We thank you for your perfect word, Lord God. We thank you for the perfection of who we are in you, Lord. We thank you, Father, and we love you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Thanks, Kim. So good. Dara. I just keep hearing this one thing. Could it be that easy? Just shake yourself like, you know. You know, it's this thing about, you know, I keep hearing this in my head like, I was today years old when I realized that. Um, he saw the end from the beginning and I can be comfortable in that the end of the story is good and I'm in it and in his story I'm written Psalm 139 16 all my days fashioned for me it gives me great peace to know that whatever season I'm in yeah I feel like in this season right now he is teaching me about living from home in the earth and what it looks like to be a son and release from that place what God has said here. When he gave us dominion, it wasn't to rule in that sense, it was to love what the love of God looks and feels like. And because I can be that, I can talk about it all day. I can talk about what the word says and what he said we're supposed to be. But the shift, the transformation is, as he is, so am I in this world. So me being what love feels and looks like, I had to let go of the knowledge of good and evil. That one raggedy fruit that Adam ate. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just the knowledge of good or the knowledge of evil. It was just one fruit, but it was the knowledge of good and evil. See, that was never supposed to be my business. I was supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, that's well, so I've good. got four kids and 13 grandkids. I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of it right now is understanding that the paradigm that we lived under all that time in Adam, we can't take where we're going now. Yeah, it's so good. So that's why he said, no, no man after the flesh. I am having to let go of. Yeah, it's so good. I'm having to let go of knowing you as anything other than a son so the knowledge of good and evil would give me a a a a path I have to take it's either this or that that's not my business I'm not on the journey God has written in your story yeah so good but the love the only the big commandment that he gave me love what's that look like in this moment now you're in me and I'm in you. And he, you said we're one in the Father. He's restored us and given us his glory. And we can live from that place of glory and grow. And so that's why we can have peace with our brother who doesn't understand us. Yes, yeah, so good. It's all right. Because I know somebody's having peace with me. Somebody's giving me grace because they're not using the... the um, canvas of the knowledge of good and evil to decide whether I'm enough or not. 
because God said when I made you it was very good so when he made you, you it was very good too and I'm alright with whatever mistakes you made because guess what that's an old paradigm we have been raised up together and made to sit together with him where? heavenly places so we're sitting there what does it look like there? yeah so good what does it look like there? you're not even male or female if he said it, it's either true or it's not true. And where we are right now, in this season right now, what we have always known may not be where we're going. It isn't. It is great. It's a wonderful step. But we're stepping into what Jesus died for 2,000 years ago and brought into the earth. So I'm just going to sing this over us. Believers are believing. We're finally seeing who we've always been so good. and we're living from heaven and earth is changing because we're seeing with his eyes it doesn't look like the chaos it's having to shut its mouth because he said something different yeah so we're seeing from heavenly places and we're being from heavenly places. So I want to know one thing. What does it look like from your heavenly place? So good. It's on earth as it is in heaven. We're going in and coming out and finding pasture because as he is, so are we in this world. Hey, believers. Yeah. Believers so are believing. Every time you look at somebody, believers are believing. <laughs> it's exciting. It is the most exciting time to be alive right now. <laughs> so good, so good. Okay, let's all stand really quick. People are starting to get their kids. Let's cluster. Let's like really grab arms really quick with each other. I just want to release this final thing over you. You, you, we got to see a lot, of, a lot of fun fruit today, but you are all grapes on the vine and we need you. You are an important piece. You are an important grape on the vine and you were born for such a time as this. If your ears hear my voice, that means you really. It's been a living word for all of history, for whoever was alive at any point that you were born for such a time as this and you right now are born for such a time as this. And your king is my king. And my king is your king. And we're better together. So I just release a grace that we're better together. And I release a grace that rests on this body. I declare at Bethel Atlanta, division dies at the door. Division dies at every door of any room that we're in. And that there is a grace and we will find the glory that you have hidden for us in our lives clustering together. So we just say, God, we intentionally run hard after you and we run hard after each other. And we say, press our lives together and let whatever wine you wanna come out, come out. We bless you, we bless you. Be blessed with the light of his face, the favor of his presence today.
Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.